We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Backliners podcast, Agro and Barracuda as per usual, but this time joined by one of the best ADCs to ever do it, Barracuda, and also Panda Cat <laughs> joining us here on the show. I don't know, Panda. L- listen, man, this is a apology to everybody. I'm in a real mood um, today. Okay. I have no idea where this show is going to go. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of forethought about it, uh, if I'm being uh, completely transparent. But I thought that that was best because we're going to be talking ADCs today. We've got two ADCs on. If we all had ADC brain, I thought that we would all be on the same page, you know? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I agree. I think that's a great idea. Excellent. We should do it with every episode. It just ADC brain it? Okay, yeah. That's uh, uh, that's fine by me. Uh, obviously, we got Panacat on in order to continue our Season 8 talks on um, <laughs> how each role has changed going into the new season. Um, so, Panda, before we get into uh, Hunter-specific stuff... Um, we just wanted to get your quick thoughts on the overall season eight map um, and how you think it's gonna it's going to be uh, early on in the season. Just playing it. Um, I, I wish I got more time to play on the season eight map. Obviously, like worlds and everything was kind of the exact time of the map drop. Mm-hmm. Although they did re-release the PTS after uh, the fact. Um, I personally think the map, like I don't like the art style of the map. And I'm glad that there's going to be multiple art style changes throughout the year because I'm not a big fan of like the like light cartoony look. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like how the map actually played, it felt a lot better. I think there's more paths, more things that like you have to kind of look out for, especially in Duel Lane. There's like four places where you can get ganked from now, so that's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that. The the scorpions are a cool little like mini game that you can play with like when you want to do buffs because you want them buffed and whatnot, and like I like the arrows like a cool thing in general. Um, so yeah, I think I think the maps headed in the right direction i'm a little disappointed there's not a way to refresh totems if you have pressure mm. uh that's something that i wanted to see maybe like allow us to dip into the enemy tower <laughs> like <laughs> I, want my, I want my totem man like if i'm at the hey, tower man. line i want totem as well yeah and um i thought they were gonna do more like side lane jungle mm. but we just got some scorpions that heal but they heal a lot though yeah you got you got at some least, mini scorpions. It's, something. It's, it's something it's something maybe yeah. uh, maybe they add something in later on but I'm overall happy with how the map felt playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just waiting for the art style change, and I think I'll be like pretty, uh, pretty happy in general. The uh, the big scorpions, I think, are something that I, I'm not seeing a whole lot of uh, talk so far about. For for both of you guys, how much do you expect fighting over big scorpions to be a, a thing whenever it's time for competitive play? I feel like they're decently important. Not like you're going to freak out if like you don't get them. But I think if a team has pressure and they're just suffocating your side of the map and getting your scorpion, then I think it's going to feel bad, but it's going to feel like just as bad as like a kind of standard getting pressure. I think or, like getting pressured against. 
Yeah, Panda, your thoughts? I personally think the way they changed the buffs to work with the upgrades and the scorpions is a little weird. Like, taking the attack speed off of purple and only getting it when it's upgraded purple is a little odd to me because I feel like... Um, like, when we had the Mage AD Simeta and whatnot, we were saying that... Um, like purple should have attack speed on it that way like hunters can benefit from it and whatnot mm -hmm. and then they took it off and it, now it's just physical power reduction so i think um i think the scorpions are actually a pretty big deal i don't know how like how people be fighting over them and whatnot but i think like extra lifesteal on red buff is a big deal mm -hmm. and extra attack speed is also a huge deal so getting both those buffs upgraded at least for our side of the map is definitely going to be like i think it'll be a pretty large priority i don't think it's going to be like the biggest thing, like, you're not going to be five-manning a scorpion early on or anything, but getting it, you will definitely be like, dang, this feels a lot better than the non-upgraded buff, so. Yeah, the, uh, the one thing, I do hope that they find a way to make the upgraded speed a little bit more impactful. Uh, no. Just getting extra crowd control reduction doesn't feel that great. Do you, think I, do you guys think it would be broken if it did give you just more movement speed? Do you think that'd be too strong? Mm, I think it depends on the amount, right? Yeah, I think movement speed is a really fragile stat, and it's been like a fragile stat in Smite forever. Mm. And it's, I think it's just always on the line of like being OP, because like, I mean, back when speed buff gave you a lot of movement speed, and everyone complained about it, and they nerfed it, and then there was Teleri Boots meta and Bumba's meta, like, I don't know, every every meta with a lot of movement speed, and it's not fun. So I think you should just keep speed buff bad. That is yeah. uh, that is fair. And I, I mean, that is a sideline opinion. Yeah, I guess junglers don't really deserve, like, rights or movement yeah. speed. Um, so I'm actually but, kind of about that, now that you mentioned you it. You still get, like, the 16%, right? Like, the 10 plus 3 uh, Yeah, two. yeah. Yeah, like, bro. You don't need any more than that, huh? It, yeah, exactly. That's more right. than enough. Fair enough. Uh, and the last like global map thing that uh, that we've been asking people, Panda, is uh, for your thoughts on the global anti-heal debuff uh, <laughs> with lowering in-combat anti-healing potency from things like Divine Ruin, Brawler's Beatstick. Do you think that's the right direction for healing? Do you think it'll work? I'm personally a little disappointed that it applies to Lifesteal. Mm -hmm. I think the general change is pretty good just so that like, you know, the healing matters are boring to play and boring mm -hmm. to watch and can be extremely frustrating to be a part of in general where you have gods like Hell and Guan Yu just you have a 30 minute gold fight and then you know somebody gets poked to 30% and then the whole game flips and flops from right then and then or right then and there so I think in general like I do like the idea of having global anti-heal reduction just so those characters aren't as valuable but applying it to lifesteal feels a little bit much to me because mm -hmm. I feel like devos will still be a core build path so it's just going to feel like well, I'm just building this item that's less efficient this season than it was last season. Mm. Um, but overall, I do think it is a nice thing to have. And I, I think it's just like a step in the right direction. So we don't have to keep playing against Hells, Raws, and Guan Yu's every game. And then staying out of gold tree for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's definitely going to feel good. I will say I was I was doing a, a play test for Season 8 uh, last week. And I was playing Uller. And mm. I didn't have any lifesteal. I was going like, I was playing mid Uller, you know, trans, that whole build path. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. I like late. I'm full six items. I go into the jungle late game and go in axe stance, and I was healing for like sixty in auto or something. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And then I was like, oh yeah, like that's actually a huge deal for characters like Uller, who like normally you could pop into the jungle and like mm -hmm. full heal from a camp. Uh, yeah. I, I was not full healing to say the least. Um, but hey, that was my only playtest win uh, in all of <laughs> last week, so I'm not gonna complain too much about how it felt. Uh, all right, let's let's talk uh, let's talk starter items here, fellas, uh, because the hunter ones I think you guys have a lot of interesting options, but I don't know how much diversity we're going to see right off the bat. We'll start with the one that everyone was very excited to see come back, which is Death's Toll. Um, typical, what it used to be, you just get flat health and and mana uh, for hitting a, an enemy with a basic attack that includes minions and all that kind of stuff there is some scaling to it it's plus one percent of your max health on the health and plus 1.5 percent of your max mana um on the mana's end how good do you guys think death's toll is and do you think it'll be picked up barra you can uh, you can kick us off i think it's pretty sick but i can't tell in actuality how sick it is if you're still building like the devos path and when I built it, I felt like I had infinite health and infinite mana, but when you're against, like, 
Okay, I didn't do it like any in houses or anything like that. I just did like casuals, and I couldn't tell like, cause I, it was just kind of annoying because I was kind of just winning every game, like regardless of build, regardless oh, of like. Yeah, so else. annoying for you, Perry. Yeah, yeah. annoying. It's like, so good. You just no, win in NSD, I wish. you can't actually <laughs> test things if you're just winning. Like, I don't know. All the starter items feel really good. Like, just baseline, they just feel really insane. Except for bluestone, I think that was like my least favorite. I would say. Okay, well, we'll get to Bluestone uh, in a little bit. Pin, I don't think, like, the 75 health on Death's Toll isn't nothing. Like, that feels like enough that you might be able to be a little bit more aggressive early on, right? Mm -hmm. I, to be honest, I played a good bit of games, and I built Death's Toll in a couple of them, and I didn't even know it had health on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess not. I mean, I guess, right. well, there there it is. Yeah, like, I, it's pretty negligible. Well. Um, in general, my personal thoughts on Death's Toll is that it's a little bit of a bait. Like, it can mm -hmm. be good on some characters, but it's not, like, the meta we saw years ago where Destiny's, like, just must-buy. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think it'll bring some characters back to... Oh, let me know if I'm lagging. I'm good. Uh, I play, like, X-Ball Destiny, for instance. That felt really good. You just mm -hmm. have Infinite to stay with the one, and that's, like, little traction that's brought back. But in general, from just playing a lot and playing against it, you don't really feel the, like, healing is as impactful. Mm -hmm. Though... With the, it is a flat heal, right? So the yes. global anti heal thing doesn't affect it. So it actually does Correct. feel better than like picking up a cow, even though like cow has like 15% lifestyle or whatever, because you're healing for the same amount. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, I think the upgrade paths are pretty lackluster for ADCs, and I just don't think it's really meant to be a hunter item. I think it's more of like a solo lane item where you have like Valonos and Cyruses and Erlangs kind of run you down and healing for like 15 auto because they have 3k health or something like that. Right. Yeah. And, and then you look at, excuse me, the two uh, upgrades for it, uh, Death's Embrace, 80 physical power or 140 magical power, 200 health, and the passive becomes hitting an enemy with a basic attack restores 3% of your base of your health and mana. That definitely does not feel like a hunter item to me, definitely more mm -hmm. uh, warrior-focused. Death's Temper, I assume, is the one that ADCs would be picking up if they were going Death's Toll, 50 physical power or 75 magical power, 30% attack speed, which is a lot, um, and 100 health. Whenever an enemy dies near you, you gain one stack of temper, which provides 3.5% in increased basic attack power for 10 seconds. Maximum of 10 stacks when an enemy god dies near you, you gain five stacks. So basically, this can give you 35% increased basic attack power, which is kind of a lot. I mean, that, that feels mm -hmm. pretty good. You get 30% attack speed from it. Does this, uh, is this something that you would rather have than your traditional sixth item in your builds? Do you think that Death's Temper is good enough to, to compete? Uh, kind of felt weird. Cause the I think it was Bronze yeah. on BTS, no? I've, I heard it was. I, I heard it was, but I'm not sure. I heard it was. I heard, I'm pretty sure it was bugged the entire time PTS was live, so I didn't even get to test it. Like, right, so bugged was in like not working at all? I don't think the I don't, I don't know exactly what the bug was, but every okay. time people are saying don't go it, it's bugged. It's not working as intended. <laughs> I, nobody was like, oh, it gives you five stacks instead of ten. They were just like, yeah, yeah don't go that item. It's not working. And I was like, okay. okay. Well, just on a base level, yeah. Go ahead, Bear. I think it's really good for sieging, but really awkward on fire giant fights. Mm. Like I feel like you're not ever going to get much value out of like objective fights and fighting around those areas. But I mean. I we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I view it kind of the same way for... What's that magical defense item, move speed, attack speed? Energy of Talisman. Yeah. Talisman of Energy. I kind of view it like that. I know that where one. like... Yep. 
really good for sieging, but kind of weird in like other spots. Yeah, it, just having it for, like 10 seconds is a long time. Feel like it could be good, but I wonder if this is better than like what what six items are hunters normally building? Things like Odysseus Bow, if they aren't building it early in their builds. Like Odibo just seems stronger than this, but I think Odibo is a broken yeah. item. Um, so maybe Death's Temper is good enough, but we'll have to wait and see if uh, it once people can, uh, can actually. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. We'll use it. Gilded Arrow is the next one on the list. And Gilded Arrow is kind of the one that everyone I saw building um, during the PTS. It gives you 15 basic attack damage, 50 health, 7 MP5. And then every 10 seconds, a nearby enemy minion is marked. Uh, if you secure the killing blow on that minion, you gain 10 bonus gold and 20% attack speed and restore 20 mana. Um, something to reward lasting a little bit more, which Smite doesn't often do. Um, but I saw basically everybody going this, this starter item. Panda, do you feel like this is the best one, uh, out of the gates for most ADCs? Yeah, <clears throat> I personally think, uh, the Gilded Arrow will probably be the pick, the one picked up most just on like base level. Like, oh, you're picking, people are going to be asking like, oh, I'm playing Apollo. Which one should I pick up? I'm probably going to be like, just pick up the arrow on like, Nine out of ten hunters, you'll probably just feel good with it. Mm -hmm. um, not only do I think the item is good, I think the interaction with the item is actually like fun. Mm -hmm. Like I think there's been games where I spent thirty minutes clearing minions the entire game and done three thousand damage. So at least now I could wait for some marks, get some assets, and actually play like a little mini game in the lane. Um, and I think uh, the upgrades are really cool. I don't personally like the diamond arrow, but I think the... No, wait. I like the diamond arrow. I don't like the one that gives you crit chance. And I, I think just having bonus gold and, like, playing that little mini game and getting rewarded for actually getting the last hits and kind of, like, pushing to get end game and whatnot is just, like, a cool concept. And I think it's it's a it's a play style the ADCs were already playing. And I think it's just, like... It's just going to, like, boost that play style a little bit more, so... Gilded Arrow is, like, the totem of coup for solo laners, right? Like, something to do in your 1v1 Pretty lane much. where when the enemy picks Jing Wei and they're not going to fight you anyways, at least you've got yep. something to, to focus on. Uh, I kind of related it to Teleria Boots in Season 4, where I would just, oh. like, pick AMC and then I'd just go honey people. <laughs> it's just something to do that, like, it's rewarding enough if you do it, like, well, and it's actually just, like... Just something to keep your eyes on at all times rather than just like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and clear six creeps and then go to the jungle, make sure I don't die, and then clear six more creeps. So. Dude, do you remember when with that Talaria boots where you used to get gold for hitting an enemy, how it worked with Scotty too, and you just like clicked yep. on him? And Barrett's yep. your fault that got that changed, that, that got changed yep. by the I watched you get gold <laughs> from every single person on the map before minions had even spawned. And I like clipped it and sent it to Pon Pon, and I was like, "Yo, we got to get rid of this, bro." Oh, like, it was you. It was me. I narked on people. Yeah. Oh, I'm I sorry, man. That. that was so much fun. It Anything like, that helps Scotty players, I can't. I can't leave in the game. You know, come on, man. I love I've got that. two Scotty players here on the show. Panacat's a Scotty abuser too. Mm -hmm. Not as much as John in the current day and age, but yeah, okay. I, I was. I was in my time. <laughs> Pcat's the OG mid guardian. Did you build wing too on Scotty, or was it just mid guardian? Yeah, it was just. It just depended on the comp. You just go like uh, trans boots, and then something that stopped you from dying, and then mm -hmm. Titan spin when it was broken, and then you were just oh, chilling. That build was so good. Okay, back to good arrow. Sorry. Yeah, I was getting conscious. Yeah, please <laughs> get away Scotty. from me. Back when we were use useful. <laughs> back when you could kill people with like two damage items, God. 
Oh day. yeah, great times. Everyone loved that for sure. We did. I'm uh, sure you yeah, did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Guild Arrow, it feels like I definitely feel the basic attack boost um, over Destal, and I didn't realize that like in my first game that it gave that much, and I was Destal against someone with that, and I was like, why is he autoing me? I like for so much more. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's kind of big. And playing around the pass was really fun. Like, I think it's kind, I would say, like, overtuned, but you definitely feel it a lot when you're playing against it and playing as it. Like, if you get the last hit boost and you're just, mm-hmm. like, going Super Saiyan for a little bit, like, that feels so good. Um, so I think I agree with Peacat where I think that's just, like, the best start item that I've played with. Like, you just feel so much stronger. Do you think that it is so much better than the others that it's it's going to stifle build diversity coming out of the gates, or do you think that it's close? I think it feels the most like a Season 7 build, where your auto attacks are just doing insane damage. And I think it's going to take a bit of testing for people to kind of branch out and kind of like find the strengths of others, or if they're just literally as weak. I would say like as weak as they felt, but... That one's definitely felt the strongest to me as well. Yeah, Panda, you were kind of shaking your head. You don't think it's so much better that the others aren't competing? I don't think so. My initial concern with the item in general was, like, if I don't go this arrow, am I going to be, like, 600 gold down at 10 <laughs> minutes or something like that? Like, like how many lasses can somebody really get to make it, like, mm-hmm. like that impactful? Mm-hmm. And through, like, quite a number of games, I never really felt like I was, like, okay, this guy's getting devils, like, way earlier than I am because he's getting all these lasses. So... In that, like, concept, I think it'll allow for, like, more build diversity and stuff like that just because it's not going to be, like, that huge a deal unless maybe I was just last hitting him, like, pro- improperly or just, you know, just unlucky things are happening because it's PTS. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be better. It'll definitely be picked up more the majority of the time, but I think there's going to be scenarios where the other starters will be uh, just as good, if not better. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's just going to be, like... All right, load in, diamond arrow, go run to base, whatever, or run to lane. <laughs> right. Like, load in, look at their comp. What are we trying to do this game? What am I playing against? Stuff like that. And then you kind of choose from that and go from there. Sounds uh, sounds like the ideal situation. Uh, let's talk about the, the upgrades then. Diamond arrow, uh, 80 basic attack damage and 100 health. Passive is very similar. As per usual, the starter items, there's one that just kind of enhances what the starter item did in the first place, and one that's a little bit different. This one just enhances. So you gain, whenever you kill an enemy, you gain 10 gold and 20% attack speed for eight seconds. This stacks up to three times. This does, they don't have to be marked. There's no cooldown on this. You get 10 extra gold per minion that you kill. Is that. Does that matter? Because you have to be level 20 in order to be buying this item. Do you? Could you see a world where you're prioritizing going Diamond Arrow in, an especial, like, in a game where you're really trying to get to a 3k pot and selling your boots as well? I mean, does that, does that part of it matter? Because I've heard a lot of people talking about that. Honestly, I'm not sure. I feel like I'd buy that if I was like split pushing. But if I'm just like going to a fire giant standing there, then probably not. Yeah. Panna, you don't, what do you think? I personally think the meta is going to be shaped more around, like, everyone slow down, everyone farm, 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 everyone upgrade their starters and whatnot. And I think getting that diamond arrow before, like, I mean, I don't know how the experience is going to go, but there have been times this season where I've been level 20 when their supports are level 12, mm-hmm. right? And um, if you can get that arrow online and kind of hyper farm and get your 500 pot, your 3k pot, and then enough gold mm-hmm. to get your sixth item with your boots done, like that can be sped up pretty uh, exponentially with the arrow. And I think um, I think it will matter for sure. Cause there's a lot of times where you're like, oh, I'm like this close to getting some items, right? And if you consider all the gold you're getting as soon as you upgrade that arrow, it'll just kind of push those items into your build a little bit quicker. Yeah. Uh, but granted, like like John said, if, if you're just gonna be staring at a fire giant fight, obviously having a passive that stacks off of minion slash god kills isn't gonna be as effective as something that's immediate, right? So. Yeah, but if you kill, like if one of their frontliners ints and you get 60% attack speed, oh, yeah. like instantly, that is a huge buff. Oh, you get that? Yeah, you get, you get yeah. You get, if you yeah. kill a god, uh, you get all three stacks, of the attack speed and 30 gold. Yeah. 60% attack speed is kind of nutty. It is also worth noting, though, that, like, it 80 
80 basic attack damage is a lot of basic attack damage, but for gods like AMC or Uller, a little bit more ability-based hunters, not getting any actual physical power off of this item does hurt their scaling a little bit, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's enough to notice it, because then your autos are going to hit like a truck kind of either way. Um, but, uh, go ahead. I agree, but I think with like gods like Uller and AMC, you can also argue that you can just go a full power build now, and then you have 60% attack speed if you kill three creeps in a full power build. Yeah, that seems good to me. Yeah, So, you're, so you have like 400, 400 power, and you're also like 2.1 attack speed on gods that don't usually get that high with, uh, like, with those builds, right? Like, yeah, I think yeah. I did I did an Uller build, and I did like the whole trans mace like shebang, mm-hmm. and I got to, I think it was over 2 point something attack speed with full power. So I'm autoing for like 465 or something like that. At 2.1 attack speed. That's if I kill good. three creeps or one god. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you can argue that it'll feel bad because it's not power, but it also allows you to go full power and then forget all the attack speed and then get it. If a fight breaks out and you get a, you get a pick, you're just going to feel insane. That certainly would feel uh, really, really, really good. Though not going bluestone on Uller like, kind of inherently feels wrong to me because like it makes your combo feel so good. But if you can get – if you're not – Uller is like such instant pressure on the map already that you kind of don't need Bluestone to provide early pressure. And then having mm-hmm. something like Diamond Arrow come in and give you late game potential and your kit kind of already won you early game, it kind of makes that character a little bit more well-rounded um, and a little bit less all-in early, which uh, which could be cool for him for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's Ornate Arrow as the other option. This one's only 60 basic attack damage, 150 health. All sources of gold gain are increased by 20%. For every 100 gold you have, gain 1% attack speed and 0.8% critical strike chance up to a maximum of 25 stacks. That probably is going to end up being like 20% critical strike chance. I'm not a math guy. That's just what I assume that number means. Um, This kind of like gives you Fafnir passive uh, in the late game, which means that your 3k pots both feel really good and really bad whenever you lose all these stats. But... With the uh, with a twenty percent increase on all gold gain, maybe it doesn't feel so bad. I built this on Apollo on like a full crit build, and it felt cute, but I couldn't actually tell like how effective it was because I didn't want to buy anything in the late game, which is just weird in itself. Like, I don't want to buy like wards or like five hundred pots or like a three k pot. So I was just like, I'm just hurting myself. Like this is just a weird trade off, and I couldn't. Like, I'm not a math guy, so like I'm obviously not gonna know like if the 500 pots worth or like the like buying wards obviously like that's not worth but. dude you need quintosh in yeah, your ear telling you yeah. that you can go you know you can buy a, you can buy a ward if it leaves you with 1300 gold but as soon as you get below yep. that it's horrible you know it's not worth it that's <laughs> that's what you need yeah i don't uh, know the efficiencies on the item either so it'll just be like a play it and figure it out kind of deal i think unless somebody goes to like right in is like yep. oh as soon as you break 1200 gold you should pop <laughs> It's like, okay, okay, I got it. I got yep. it. Thank you. Calling all Quintoshes and Flare Boots of the world to teach us when Ornate Arrow is good. Or and, and just any Twitch chatters, you know? Or yeah. you know a lot. Any, uh, any Twitch chatters, yeah. That, Some, we're, sometimes. We're that too. Um, yeah, Twitch chat brain, very re- notoriously reliable here, fellas. That's where I get all of my, uh, all of my information. Um, all right, let's talk Leather Cowl, because I think this might be my favorite starter item from a design perspective i think it's really really cool it's 700 gold for 15 physical power 10 percent physical lifesteal and five percent attack speed while you are near an allied god you gain 10 percent attack speed while you are alone you gain five percent movement speed how is this one felt for you guys because it gives uh more physical power i think than death toll and has lifesteal on it um mm-hmm. yeah it is more physical power and then the passive uh a little bit more unique. Um, Pando, how, how have you felt about Leather Cowl so far? I I agree with the whole design perspective being really cool. That whole, like, <clears throat> when you're alone, it does something. And when you're with people, it does something else uh, concept. And I think it's it's a, it's a very just, like, strange item in terms of, like, I've never... We've never had anything like it, right? You don't have, like, mm-hmm. movement speed when you're, when you're next to people or when you're alone and then attacks when you're next to people. Um, I think the item would actually be very good, like really good. I think it'd be way better than Arrow if the global anti-heal didn't apply it to lifesteal. Because there were games, I think I was like, okay, 
you have lifesteal on the, on the cow, so I'm going to skip a devs, right? You don't need the lifesteal from devs now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting boots, and I think dominance was like my first item rush, or like berserkers, and I was lifestealing for 12. Huge. And I was like, where is my percent lifesteal at? Like, this, is not, this is not 15%. This is like 4%. I was literally like healing for 8 in auto. Um, Pretty good. So... I think, I mean, maybe you can just go devs and then double up on the lifesteal and it'll feel fine. I personally was, like, approaching it a different way. I was approaching it out of a matter of, like, I'm going to go Cal if I want a different first item than Devos. For instance, Berserker Shield, if they're, like, heavy dive, I can go Berserker's Rush, and then I'll have some lifesteal from the Cal. I never tried doubling down on lifesteal and seeing how much you healed for. Um, but to my experience, I think it's going to be a, a very unique item where you can build it in, like, scenarios where, like, like I said, if you're like, oh, they have... Fenrir, Susano, Nethal, and uh, something else. I'm like, I really need some early physical D so I don't die too much. So I'm going to go Cal. I'm going to go Berserkers first. The lifesteal will help me out, and then it'll feel pretty good. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good item, though. I think it's good. I think the upgrade's really cool as well. So, Yeah, Barra, what, uh, how, how have you felt about the Cal so far? Uh, I was really bad in lane with it because it didn't have mana sustain. And mm. I, like, burned through my mana like I had Hunter's Blessing. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> like I casted like four buns and I'm oomed now. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Can I just say Hunter's Blessing no. was a crutch. All right. It had too much MP5. It had too much. It did. All the ADCs got all of a sudden this like this idea that we could just spam our buttons. It, mm-hmm. I hear soul laners complaining all the time about not having blue buff playing like Jean Kui and I'm over here like I'm playing Jean Kui in mid with no blue buff all the time. Hunters complaining that they don't have enough mana all of a sudden. I'm not coming at your guys' throats. I know that you are uh, the finest ADC brains that we have um, in the Smite Pro. <laughs> but I agree. Still ADC brain to some degree. I like that there's a, a good viable item that will make you have to worry about your mana consumption. Why did mana, Why did hunters have so much mana sustain, you know? Yeah, I do think infinite mana is, is whack for sure. Yeah, I agree. And and hunters and hunters cowl is uh is is fixing that for us. But Barra, besides being out of mana because you don't know how to manage your mana pool at all, uh, how how to feel? Didn't have MP five on it, dude. <laughs> like everything has just like given. So us you're MP5. telling me that you can only pick up hunters cowl if you know your soul laner is going to be getting coup for you all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well it's on and the soul laner. You could then. you could just guilt them every time too. Like, yeah, if they're not like, getting it. You're just like, oh, dang, I don't have enough mana. Maybe we could have killed him here, but... Right, like, man, yeah, I man. only... If, if like, only Hunter's Cow would have been so like, good here, but I'm just... Yeah, some global man. I'm just really counting on Koo all the time. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. I guess in I guess in that matchup, you just don't get Koo. I guess that's what it is, you know? Like, yeah, so I, guess, I guess we just don't get Koo. <laughs> right. You gotta say we, so it's Again. not toxic. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, we, just don't, we're just, we just don't prioritize Koo like other teams do, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you also, remind me which one of the wasn't Hunter's Cal more expensive or something like that? Because I remember some starters I was leaving and I had like one health pot, mm-hmm. um, and then some starters see. I was leaving and I had three health pots, and I was like, wait a second, something's like. So right on now. the initial season eight patch notes this is not the updated version. I don't think Death Toll, Gilded Arrow, and and Leather Cowl are all seven hundred. Um, they were okay. Yeah, so uh, they all are the same right now. That may have changed during PTS. Um, but I want to say I ran into the same thing Peacat did, but again, AC brain. Impossible to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rough. I'm positive there was times I was leaving base with like one pot, and I was like, "This is not gonna feel good if I like get poked or something." <laughs> right. Be dead. Does it? Is it? I didn't get a chance to play with leather cow at all because I avoid ADC like the plague. Um, do does it like? Is it jarring whenever your ADC your support like leaves the middle of you clearing a wave and all of a sudden you're down ten percent attack speed, or does it not feel that bad? Not really. It didn't feel like too too bad. The movement speed felt really nice, honestly. Like running around cool. the map. Um, but that would be funny if you were like running away from someone and you were about to live, and then your support like blinks in range and you lose the <laughs> movement speed and then you die because of it. I'm gonna. I know that's gonna happen to somebody, uh, and I'm excited about that. That's gonna be funny for me. Um, all right, time for Hunter's Cowl because it is uh, the upgraded version of the Leather Cowl. Sixty physical power, fifteen percent life steal. 20% attack speed while ne- while you are near an allied god you gain a 25% attack speed aura so it's not just for you and if you are alone you gain 10% movement speed 
Uh, this feels like one, if you're going to be running the old double hunter or one magical ADC, one physical ADC, Fafnir composition, getting another built-in 25% attack speed aura is going to feel really good, I think. You add that into something like a Shogun's, like, double hunter compositions are going to look really good if one of your hunters have Hunter's Cowl is my first impression. Panda, how did it feel when you were building it? That upgrade feels massive for sure. Um, like getting that, getting that upgraded from your little like baby cow, you're like, oh snap, I'm doing work now. Uh, especially cause it's a, it's a lot of power and the movement speed, like when you're relieving base and you're zooming cause you have the pyro buff at all times now, right? Mm -hmm. From like, from the base of the pillar. And then you leave your little door, you exit the door and you're still moving like super fast. It feels great. Um, I didn't actually get any chances to play with like a double hunter component like that, or I never played with like somebody who else had it. Like somebody had it and I didn't have it, and I was like, whoa, this feels really good. I'm assuming it's just gonna feel great though, because I don't know how many times I've built something last season. I was like, yo, Mike, can you throw a shogun's in your build maybe? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh no, I have all these items. I'm like, okay, it feels pretty good. So now we'll have our own variant of shogun's that you can actually go and it'll feel just good play game, most likely. Yeah, I mean, when you're grouped, you have 45% attack speed from this item, which is a preposterously high number, it feels like. But it does make things like soloing gold a little feel a little worse because you just lose 25% attack speed if you're kind of splitting off. But I don't think it's going to be enough to make me not want to pick up Hunter's Calibera. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't built that item, but I mean, on paper, I think it sounds really good and will be good for competitive play. Yeah, it, it's going to be good. Um, how about Leader's Cowl? Because I don't know exactly who's supposed to be building this, but I think it's sweet. It's 40 physical power, 300 health, 15% physical lifesteal. For each nearby friendly god, you gain a stack of outnumber. For each nearby enemy god, you lose a stack of outnumber. And each stack of outnumber provides 3% increased power to all nearby allied gods. Do you think you can, like... Is there a situation that you think you'd be building Leader's Cowl instead of Hunter's Cowl, or is this more for, for someone not you? Maybe in, like, a grouped fight where you're just not diving, and you're... I don't know. It, it sounds really awkward to build. Yeah, I just don't know who this is for. Because yeah. if you're five on five, this doesn't give you any stacks of outnumber, right? You have zero how stacks. Big the, how big's the range? 55 units. So, so like an auto attack range? Yeah, basic, yeah, 55 is basic attack range. I I guess, dude, I will say if someone yeah. like blink, if someone trolls and like a soul laner blinks into your whole team, they're the only one around, you and your boys are getting 12% increased power. Or I guess it'd be 9% because you can't have yourself. Do you count as a stack of outnumber? That's the question. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But so you're gonna you and your boys all have like ten percent extra power basically. That's gonna feel pretty good. Uh but other than that, I don't know. I don't really know why I'd go this instead. Yeah, I was about to say it might be too situational to say late game unless you're like playing with like a specific like objective burn strut, maybe. Yeah. Could I don't be. Know. Um, all right, let's talk about some of the other starter items that aren't specifically made for hunters, but can certainly be used by hunters. Uh, bluestone, how, how do you guys feel about bluestone pendant? Are there any hunters that you would think bluestone is better than going something like Gilded Arrow or the, uh, or the Leather Cowl? I played with it on Neath. I went the full power pin build, and I just wanted to, like, see how much damage, like, a late-game Neath will do in the, with new builds, with mm -hmm. new bluestone. And you hit for, like, 1k with the one of the upgrades. Like, whatever, it's, like, percentage health one. Then it felt pretty good in lane, but eh. like, yeah, I don't know if it'll like run the lane, but I think it's decent. I mean, AMC with Bluestone was once upon a time pretty, uh -huh. uh, pretty hard to push out. Uh, Panda, how about your thoughts on Bluestone? I think I only got like a single game of it um, on Uller, just because like that was like the go-to god. Like, mm -hmm. oh, Bluestone's back as Uller OP again, and I want to say it. Probably, I think it felt fine when I played with it, but I don't think it's going to be as hype as we remember it being once upon a time. Yeah, I think through like some some uh, some testing and whatnot, we might see it built on gods like AMC and gods like Uller. But it kind of feels like the characters that 
are gonna be building it if they were the characters that would be building are gonna have pressure by default like learn AMC so it's like why don't I just get a better start item like the arrow or something like that and yeah just have pressure no matter what uh it might be worth I I don't know maybe maybe people will buy it and then sell it instead of upgrading it they'll just sell it like mm. oh it's done its job let's get rid of it now let's just go like another item heart seeker or something for for instance so. yeah i think that could work and then there's the the two upgrades for bluestone the one that barrett was talking about uh where you just deal 25 plus 7.5 percent of their current health over two seconds max two stacks as per usual then there's the one that i think that is more geared towards adcs which is corrupted bluestone which is then a red stone uh in the icon so that one always throws me to a, for a loop, but uh, enemies hit by your damaging abilities take an additional 75 damage over five seconds and reduced enemy attack speed by 10 by 10 percent max two stacks for every enemy afflicted. You gain 15 percent attack speed up to a maximum of five enemies. So you could be hitting a fatty Medusa ult and getting a lot of attack speed from something like this or AMC honey spreading through the team fight would give you an insane amount of attack speed. But is that. Is that good enough? Like, what, do you think that, that just on paper, this item, do you think it could compete with uh, with some of the other ones we've talked about? I haven't built it, but it sounds fun to test out late game. Not sure about actual viability, but I mean, if PCAT is autoing for 400 late game and you can build like a build that's full power pin plus get a lot of attack speed, that would probably feel pretty good. Same with like the full power pan then you throw like an oboe in there people were doing that like last year and year before mm -hmm. um so i think any build like that's always scary for like the pressure like amc oolers um but as far as like actual viability not sure but i think it'd be fun yeah i personally didn't get to, to test that variant out at all like i said i only played like one game and i think the game ended before i hit 20 or maybe i just went the wrong one without reading it mm -hmm. um i think it'll be interesting so my camera here no, you're good. There you go. There it is. Um, I think it'll be interesting because we brought it up before. In games where it's stalemated, it's obviously going to be too hard to tell from level one. Like, you're not building a starter because we're going to be like, oh, at 30 minutes, we're going to do the fire giant dance, right? Mm -hmm. But um, if there was some way to kind of predict that, maybe if you just like look at team comps and you were to assume games would kind of go that way, mm -hmm. it sounds better than having like a diamond arrow or a death toll where you need kills slash minion kills to actually be effective, right? Mm -hmm. For instance, if you're AMC and you're just dropping honey and gaining 45% attack speed just by default because people are walking at you, it's better than like, oh, well, I would be more useful in a lane than here. So yeah. um, maybe it'll be useful then. That does sound pretty good, though, on paper, just getting all that attack speed. By, I think, like, gods like AMC will probably be able to use it the best. Other than that, you're not going to be getting, like, five steel. Unless people are stacking up, you're not going to be really getting five stacks right, on any character, realistically. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Or any ADC, realistically. Like, you're not going to get a three-man a three man Uller, three, and then a two-man Uller, one, or something like that. Hey, I mean... Yeah. It's possible, but that time, you're probably just winning the fight anyways if you're hitting all five people with Uller. Yeah, I would, like hope, I would certainly hope so. Your team's dropping the ball uh, if yeah. you aren't. Um, the other one I saw a lot of, Mannequin Scepter. Uh, this is 750 gold, 10 basic attack damage, 15 physical protection, and 3 flat damage reduction. Enemies hit by your basic attacks are burned, taking 20 physical damage over 2 seconds, and have their attack speed reduced by 7%. Jungle monsters take 2.5 times the amount of damage. This can let you invade pretty well it's kind of thought of as the the most aggressive option that you can go for right now in in any of the lanes have you guys tested any mana conceptor uh in the duo lane panda i did oh, i tested it on <laughs> you're good i tested it on izzy because people are like go to zanami her auto attacks are gonna burn she's gonna be more useful mm -hmm. and then i was autoing people and my mana conceptor is proccing for four yeah I'm like, yeah, this this feels crazy. I'm watering <laughs> for 56 instead of 52. Yeah. Um, it did feel good when you walk into the jungle, especially if you're like a low clearing character who doesn't have abilities like Rama or somebody like that who just has autos to rely on. Mm -hmm. Proccing the, the camps for like an extra 40 or whatever per second is obviously really nice. Um, in general, it just it just seems more of like a solo lane boxing item to me than like an ADC boxing item. Mm -hmm. Just because like flat damage reduction is obviously really nice for solo laners. And just that man minus attack speed for the person who's not going the mannequin, you're obviously going to feel it pretty hard if you're boxing into it. But I, I just don't, I don't know if you're going to get much value out of the passive and duo, especially because nobody fights anyway. So everyone's running all the time. Barry, you said uh, whenever I asked Panda and you started talking um, inexplicably, uh, it sounded like you said that you did not get a chance to test this at all. I don't remember talking. 
during the question. Oh, well, it happened. Yeah. You can watch the VOD oh, back. It's fine. That's weird. Um, no, I've not played with it, and I've barely played against it, so I have, like, barely any experience with it. Fair enough. Uh, the one upgrade that I think that hunters would go if they are going mannequin is the mannequin mace, uh, which is 50 basic attack damage, 100 health, 30 physical prot, and 8 flat damage reduction. Um, enemies hit by your basic attacks are burned, taking 60 physical damage over 2 seconds, and have their attack speed slowed by 10%. This can stack up to 4 times. Jungle monsters and bosses take quadruple damage. This might be, like, actually kind of nuts for burning objectives, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I mean, taking 60 times 4 uh, damage and just slamming on a fire giant, like, I feel like that could be kind of good. That is a lot of damage. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think myself and probably many other people misread the uh, description. <laughs> For some reason, I kind of thought like, I was just going to be doing quadruple damage to objectives. No. Like, not the mannequin proc. I thought instead of hitting for 200, I'd be autoing things for 800. Do you think that would be like, good if it did that? Do you think yeah, I was like, people would I was buy like, that? There's no way this is good, right? Like, a merc is going to run into Fire Giant Pit, auto Fire Giant for 4,000 and two shot. <laughs> um, but, uh. You say, no. Like, you and a lot of people, is that like only ADC players? <laughs> Or... No, I think I, I heard people saying like surely this is gonna be broken. Like oh, okay. for instance, Mercs, like I I heard I think it was like Ben talking, he was like, I'm gonna go Merc, wow, I'm gonna go crit, bro. I'm gonna build mannequin scepter, and then I'm gonna auto fire giant for four K and I was like, dude, that is broken. Sure don't. Like hopefully that's not how that works. Throwing uh, your teammate I'm, under I'm sure the bus, some, man. I'm that sure is there's tough. some other people who read that and they're like, quadruple damage, like, okay, I'm gonna be smacking this thing. Yep. It, um, I mean, you will be smacking even with only quadruple yeah. damage from the mannequin proc. I mean, that's still like it's a still solid. Good like an extra auto, right? Every yeah, day. every single every time. Auto. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. It uh, it seems good, but does that seem like you don't get attack speed from it? Maybe on hunters that don't need the attack speed as much. Someone like a Rom, um, who has a pretty strong attack speed steroid already. Maybe you could use this and and be a little bit more objective minded. Mm-hmm possible i'll say this is like the third objective oriented one we talked about yeah so yeah. maybe there's a objective meta coming we'll see yep we shall see indeed okay let's talk about one of the new items there aren't too many new non-starter items um but hunters got one called dominance it builds from charged morningstar which is the same place you can build transcendence and Heartseeker. it's 2500 gold 55 physical power, 200 mana, 20 MP5, 10% physical penetration. Your basic attacks benefit from an additional 10% physical penetration. How do you think this changes how ADCs build? Because Atalanta's bow also lost 10% physical penetration, and Executioner gained an extra stack on the maximum end. What do you, uh, what do you guys feel about dominance? It felt weird to fit in my build sometimes, and I didn't know exactly where to get it and when to get it. And I, because sometimes I felt like I was like lacking attack speed because it, it feels like a Titan's Bane for auto attackers, kind of. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it felt weird to like build. And I, I don't know exactly what build path you would go with it. I don't know. It's just a weirdly sad item. I think it's good, but I'm not sure exactly where or when to build it. I'm kind of on the other side of the spectrum. I kind of think it's a must build in every build. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. Mm. I think all the starters have so much like extra attack speed randomly put on them that mm -hmm. you just you just have enough. Like for instance, if you go arrow, you can go devos boots dominance with arrow, and when you get those last hits, you're really feeling like way better True. than you imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the biggest deal is that Atalantis is kind of like gone for good. Like last season, I know myself and a lot of other people are like, you get to that fifth item, and you're like, well, I can go Atalantis here, or I can go Feonaut or Berserkers or this or this or that. And you just kind of like really want one of the other items. We're like, oh, I really need the pen. Um, and I think it's very interesting that it goes over your pen cap. So if you're able to fit 30% extra pen with that item, you'd actually have 50% pen on your auto attacks, which is mm -hmm. kind of a huge deal. Yeah, you're going to, like, one-shot um, tanks. Yeah, you'll be hitting for, like, 400 on people who have, like, 250 pro, and they're just going to be so confused. and be like, why are you hitting me this hard? <laughs> yep. Um, I currently think the build path will be Devos, Boots, Xe Dominance, Berserkers. Mm. Um, Cyclone and I talked about it, and uh, obviously it's not 
meta or anything, but it's what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm still looking for ways to put like Kins in the build path, Oboe in the build path, um, different things because it does feel a little bad. Oboe I think is like the strongest ADC item in the game, and I can't even put it in a five like five nope. slot build path right now just because there's so many items that I feel like are core with the starters being the way they are. So yeah. uh, all in all, I think dominance will probably be built every single game once people figure out like uh, item spikes and whatnot and build path spikes and things like mm-hmm. that. You really think XE is that important uh, to, to, to fit it in third, just gaining that extra stack? Um, I mean, obviously, it gives you another 7% penetration for, for your team. Um, well, I guess it's – is it armor reduction still, or is, does it count as pe- – I think it's, it's armor reduction. Tread, or tread, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, it, it really didn't get built at all except for Sino in the jungle on, like, Osiris and Erlong Shen and that kind of stuff. You think the one stack goes from we don't see it from ADCs really at all to, to a must-buy? I just think it's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Like the power spikes are insane. From like twenty two hundred. I'd say the same. Yeah. Okay. Um, it does feel a little whack when you just need auto a lot to get it like online. But I feel like you'll you'll probably be autoing people for four or more autos like majority of the time in team fights, unless you're going crit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's just such a cheap and effective item, and that extra stack does kind of boost it up from like. When am I going to build it to like, okay, maybe I should just build it, especially because Atalantis isn't like really going to be built anymore. So that third item slot really frees up. Yeah, Atalantis goes down to 2200 as well. So also pretty cheap, um, but only having 10% pen does feel like a pretty big deal to me. I, I'm, I'm kind of more in Panda's camp that I feel like mm-hmm. dominance is more likely to be built often than, than not often. Um, but mm-hmm. I also kind of agree with what you were saying, Bear, that it's hard to, to find the right point. And especially, like, if you're going crit build these days, where do you want to be in that? I mean, Deathbringer got a buff, Rage got a buff, uh, Wind Demon got buffed, um, Poison Star got a shift, losing 5% of the slow, but also going down in 200 gold. Um, God, all ADC items are so cheap, yeah. man. Like They're all you, cheap and good. Yeah, what, boy, uh, 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 yeah, a good spot to be in, huh, fellas? Yeah, I'm just like confused because every build I built felt like kind of the same, or like didn't feel like much better than the others. And like, I think my biggest like holdup was a lot, or I guess like all the starter items don't have pin on them, mm-hmm. so it's weird to like get to six items and be like, okay, where's my penetration coming from? If I'm building like attack speed and crit and sometimes you're just left in a weird spot. So I was like constantly trying to build dominance cause I've heard a lot about it being like really strong, but it just felt awkward, I guess. Yeah. Like yeah. fitting it in sometimes. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of different roles are going to have, uh, I, I think th- this is the first time we've had a new map in a long time now. Um, and so I think people kind of forget how hard it is to find your, what your roles power spikes are supposed to be and, and how it's going to really work out on a new map, especially a new map that has this much farm on it. Um, do you guys feel like ADC is going into season eight or going to be stronger than season seven weaker about the same? How do you feel about the general strength of the class going into season eight? Um, I would say it depends on the pressure. ADCs and the pressure supports that you can run or like Pika was saying earlier if it's just one of the farming meadows where you're just kind of over there trying to hill which one you're trying to get your spike so then you can come over and do objectives and it depends on how much pressure matters which literally just going through this many years of smite like the pressure just like goes up you go to like max pressure and then it's like okay what can we get away with against the max pressure and then just goes back down and it comes back up so I think we'll be going through that this year. People playing like, I would say like Ymir Uller in duo lane, trying to like slam jam and just run at your buffs the whole time and seeing how much action you can actually have over there safely. Um, yeah, I think it just depends on how effective pressure is through the duo lane. Panda, your thoughts? Um, I agree with uh, pretty much everything John said. I do think it's a little, uh, little interesting that they put the Invader's Curse on purple buff now. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, Baron and Jake run at purple buff a lot. So those pressure <laughs> picks are going to be... Well, 
experience, yeah. You guys run at that buff a good bit. I just have Jake Ymir <laughs> with 17 health pots at that first purple, and you're like, well, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, but that that being there will uh, kind of solidify you going straight to lane and whatnot. And I don't really know how like the level 2 power spikes are right now. I've, I've hit level 2, I think, almost every time if you did like the red to purple to wave start. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I th- I think pressure is just gonna be a thing. Like pressure is just always good, right? Yep. Um, yep. It always goes back to it. It, it, it always it always is just like, why don't we just go more pressure than they go? Yeah. <laughs> just put them in their tower line and just like steal stuff. Um, but no, I don't I don't really know how strong we'll be throughout the early game. I think losing hunter's blessing is actually a big deal. I think it was like one of the biggest items that even made ADCs like really strong from levels like one through ten. Mm-hmm. But I feel like around that third item slot, you'll be feeling like pretty good especially if you're ahead you just feel like you're just going to be smacking if you go like dominance or something third you're just going to be in for like a million you're going to be healing for a lot you're going to feel pretty unstoppable um i'm more interested there should be a patch right that'll actually have buffs and nerfs to like gods before yeah. it goes live right so yeah i'm just hoping they like nerf cupid and stuff so that the meta kind of like really opens up and mm-hmm. you can literally play whatever you want like whenever you want and however you want to do it and that'll like I think that'll be the most rewarding meta for like high god pool players and players that are willing to kind of go outside of the comfort zone and try different strategies with different characters. So yeah, I think um, um, just on that. I don't think eight point one will have uh, additional buffs and nerfs uh, since their since the PTS cycle, um, whatever changes they made there. But usually, how it works is like meta gods get nerfed more in the second patch of the year, like 8.2 in this, in this instance, um, then an 8.1 cause 8.1 has so much implementation and that kind of stuff. Uh, and that leads me to, to the final question, which is what hunters and, uh, and starter item combos do you think are going to be strong for people to start climbing with whenever, uh, whenever 8.1 launches, what would you recommend? I mean, I would still suggest Apollo. I think that God, you can just hold W with and just, you know, Run it down. So if you're a good Apollo player, I would just slam some crit, hold your W key through your keyboard, and uh, hope that they they don't pick Cupid because <laughs> you might cry inside. <laughs> I think it's gonna be Cupid still, man. Yeah. Until that guy gets nerfed, like he is so hard to play against. He literally counters like literally every single ADC matchup. Yeah. You pressure. You heal through everything. You have passive attack speed. You can go whatever build you want on him. Like. Until that god's just removed from the meta somehow, I feel like if you're if you're a low level player or a mid level player or even a high level player, and you're like, oh, rank's coming out today. What ADC do I pick? Pick Cupid and just run it down. Also, if you need to learn how to play Cupid, just press four on cooldown. It's yeah. not hard. Literally, just four. You're like, yo, their ADC's alt sound, and I'm still way more useful. So, yep, let's get on in there. Um, so I think Cupid, 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 Cupid until he gets nerfed. Kind of wild that like a year ago, Cupid was like playing Cupid was like a meme in the pro league and and then i mean he got a lot of very strong buffs no doubt yeah uh he got a lot of really really strong buffs but he went from next to no play to like the best adc all year uh pretty quickly rom was kind of the same way rom like before last year hadn't seen play in a while i felt like um and then he was uh he was brought to prominence once again what what adc that we haven't seen in a while should should get buffed to the sky next artemis okay Artemis metas are kind of lame. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Artemis, there's, like, AMC, but they're just lame characters to have in the meta. Like, they're just super aids. Medusa is sure. also, like, uh, actually, I, when was the last time we saw Medusa, dude? Like, it's been a while. Three seasons ago. <laughs> dude, her scaling <laughs> is nuts. Like, if you, if you can get to full six items on Medusa, her one just, like, one taps people. Mm-hmm. Dude, but her dash is so bad. Like, yeah, Barra once told me, uh, Barra and I were talking about how to buff Medusa one time, and he said, make your make it so your dash, like, is smaller. Make her dash harder to hit. And I was like, do you have any idea said that what, the, what 90% well. of the player base would ever say if we get, yeah, we buff Medusa by making her dash harder to yeah. hit. Like, everyone would hate a, us. A solo laner can be, like, here, and I have to look all the way over here and try to dash this way. Yeah, and I, I hope that that dash works out, because, like... I mean, back in the day, literally no one blocked Medusa Dash, and now every soul is literally just standing behind you, out-trading you, and you're just like, okay. Nowhere cool. to go. Dude, okay, here, yeah. I got it. Here's who I want in the meta for next year. I want a Chiron-Kernanos-dominated duo lane. 
Thoughts on that? CERN is fun. I think he's a f one of the fun aggro picks, but not as like suffocating as the other picks, but fun to play against and fun to play as. Chiron. Chiron's cool, dude. Why does everyone oh, hate yeah. on that guy? Chiron's, Chiron's sick, dude. I love Chiron. Thank you. I, I love Chiron. He's cool, but he just dies so easily in duo. I feel like in mid, you can like play a bit, but in duo, you just... If the jungler comes over, you might as well like not play the game. Bro, what if I just started? What if I just started season eight playing only? Kyle? Oh yeah, you're gonna res every time you get ganked. <laughs> yeah, if you're good enough, just uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you're just gotta one. give him the opportunity. What? Uh, oh, I, and I did want to ask before uh, before we go, Danzaburo. Everyone's talking about how OP he is, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I don't see it. I don't like. I think he's obviously good. Um, but I don't think that, I just think that he is, if I'm playing jungle and the enemy ADC locks in Danza Burrow, that is literally the easiest gank every single time. Um, because his ult is so easy to body block. And once he ults, you just like step in front of it and then he insta dies. Do you guys feel like Danza's like super broken? Cause that's what everyone seems to think. I think he's good against the casual player base. And I think he's one of those characters that feels really suffocating for casual players to play against. I think he's... Also very good for my head, but if I think if he ever gets behind and he, like you said, just like starts getting spam ganked, then it feels really bad. Yeah, I, I view him as a Apollo 2.0 in a way, where you've kind of just got three abilities to work with if you're uh, getting engaged on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but if you're if you're in a position where you could like openly use your rocket uh, aggressively and whatnot, mm -hmm. or if you can kind of like see where ganks are coming from and you could rock it out like that thing covers distance so oh, it moves. Like if somebody's like yo barra there's a jungler probably going to gank you and you can cover just enough distance where they can't yep. block it you're just gone you know yeah. what I mean? so as easy as he is to gank i also feel like he can be impossible to gank with the right comms and wards set up mm -hmm. and i i think he's more of just like an annoyance in lane just because the two super annoying at body blocks autos the leaf mode you know you just like disappear randomly and i think people are gonna get really good at using it and they're gonna be pretty elusive yes dude it is hard to track and, people who uh, know how to use no for thing. sure I, I was planning against we we're doing like in houses and people were picking dons of support and then you like go into leaf mode mm -hmm. and then you, you like you come back in and I feel like I'm like looking at the table. Oh and yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I just saw where he was. And then there's like one leaf that floats away. You're like, this has got to be him, right? And you chase it and you auto it, and you're like, oh, yeah, awesome. He's gone. <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't think he's OP or anything. I think he's going to be pretty good. I'm interested to see like how he plays in comp because I haven't played against like a pro ADC on Donza yet. Right. I, I played against one, but it was against like Vote on PTS, and I was just like, what does this guy even do? Because I didn't play it at all. Vote in non-SPL games versus Vote in SPL games is a completely different animal. Um, yeah, that too. A completely different animal. So yeah, I think uh, I think that is fair, fair to say. Um, oh, I was going to say one other thing, and now I forgot. Oh well, I lost it. Nothing you can it's do fun. about that. That's the ADC brain episode. That's uh, that's that's what happens here, um, guys. For for our random question of the day, uh, I I want to talk to you about an experience that I had as recently as yesterday. Um, oh. It is uh, it's my birthday weekend this weekend. Uh, thanks everybody who sent me happy birthday things and all that kind of stuff. Um, and last night I got some food with my wife and with PBM, and we uh, we got some takeout and it was from one of, my, one of my favorite restaurants, and I had so much food. I will admit that I was, um, you know, doing a little bit of celebrating, so I was, I was ready to eat. Um, mm -hmm. And I ate so much food that I literally thought I was going to just explode. I've never been this full in my whole life, but it was worth it. But it was, I, to, to describe how full I was, I woke up in the middle of the night last night, and I literally laid in my bed, and I thought, is the first thing I'm going to do as a 29 year old go and throw up from being too full is, is that what i'm gonna have to do is uh is my first thing can you guys have you guys ever had that experience remember the most full, for context i had um and uh i split some wings with mike and then we i got uh a, it was chicken fried chicken is what it's called but two gigantic fried chicken breasts with mashed potatoes and green beans um i had a couple beers alongside it and then we immediately went and got ice cream uh, right afterwards. And I knew the ice cream was a mistake, fellas, but yep. I was not going to be saying no to that ice cream. Um, and I slammed a, a big thing of ice cream as well. And I thought that might be the end of me. 
Um, I, I had no idea what to do uh, at that point. Have you guys ever been in that situation um, that I have, that I was? Uh, I mean, I guess there's, I probably, I feel like it, it happens more often when you drink too much, not even like alcohol, like where you like drink too much water yeah. and then you mm-hmm. kind of fill up like that and you're like, whoa, like. Let's say I was hydrated. Yeah, I, w- I was hydrated. That's, that's yeah. the word I'll use to describe myself. In terms of like overeating, I've, there's definitely been times where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so hungry. You eat all your food and you're like, okay, that was a mistake. I don't think it happens that often though. I don't know. This, definitely does this was the next level, like man. This was, this was the next level. I've never been to this level before. Bear, have you been to that level before? I don't think so. I feel like the only times I've felt sick are from sweets and alcohol. And I don't mm. think I've ever felt like throw-upy from just eating a lot. Like, back in the day, we would, like, go to Little Caesars and we would just eat a whole pizza after cross-country. And even then, like, we didn't feel like we were going to throw up. But, I mean, even at, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that, I don't think I've ever felt like I'm going to... Like, I've never felt throw-upy. I felt like I'm going to die if I eat any (laughs) more. But not like, okay, I got to be right back. Yeah, I was going to, like, wake up and get, like, brunch today with my wife. And I woke up and I was like, I can't eat, dude. I can't, I can't do it. Oh. It wasn't until like 3 p.m. that I was able to think about food uh, without wanting to, to die on the inside. Thanksgiving's a good shout. Thanksgiving, I've definitely felt almost as full. Um, oh. But you got to watch out for that. Barry? Luggage and chat. Um, I felt that way after eating a ton of meat. Oh, so yeah. The went... meat sweats are a thing, baby. Bro, God. Uh, it, I took Destiny out for a birthday dinner. And went to a barbecue place for lunch, and I had a giant, like, you know, those massive barbecue platters. Yep. And then for dinner, we went to a Brazilian steakhouse where you have, like, a green and a red card. And green means you get meat, and red means no more meat. Uh-huh. And uh, I ate a lot of meat, my guy. Yep. And I was like, I literally had to go to the car and lay down because I thought I was going to throw up and just die. Yep. And that yeah dude so whenever the world opens back up barra there is a korean barbecue place i know you and i have had uh korean barbecue before but there is the next level of korean barbecue that we go that we were going to before the pandemic and i have never walked away from that place without having the meat sweats (laughs) and i never and i hope i never do uh it is un it's unreal barra or panda you're welcome to come along as well of course we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna slam Mm-hmm. Some Korean bar, dude. That's that's kind of stuff I miss, man. That's the kind of no, stuff I miss. Sure. You know, just being able to go out. For sure. All right, I'm in my feelings here at the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's just the way it goes, I suppose. Panda, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out Panda's stream whenever uh, season eight goes live, especially because uh, that's the man who's going to be hitting the late night cues. Bear's going to be hitting the early morning cues. And I'm going to be yes, in the baby cues. And that's, uh, and that's how it's going to turn. Make sure you're giving us a rating on Spotify and all that kind of stuff. Checking out the other Prediction Esports uh, shows. They all have a bunch of great stuff. And we'll see you next time here on the Backliners. Barra, don't choke this time. Barra! <laughs> Why would you say that? You just weren't supposed to listen. That's like, I, I could have said anything to you in that moment, man. You were supposed to be so locked no, in so that you were just going to hit it. I know. Well, that, you clearly yeah. weren't. All right, give us a rating, and we'll see you next time here on The Backliners. Bye. Nice, man. Really great work. Thank you. Thank you. That was actually a good one. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.